Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of It's Personal. Uh, the last book I wrote was heavy. All right. Hey, Gary. This is Evie. Uh, my name is Randy Rebine. Uh, but my name is Jared Krizoska. I don't think I'm a person that curses a lot. Heart just goes out to everybody. I'm excited. Awesome. Hi. All right. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of It's <laughs> Personal. I am extremely excited to have these two gentlemen with me today. Um, I want to call them like like really great friends, mentors. Um, they've been essential to just a part of like my journey and just like finding out what I want to do in the like writing world. Um, I'll have, we need one of you to introduce yourself first. My name is Derek D. Barnes and I am the author of Crown and Ode to the Fresh Cut, King of Kindergarten and the newly released I am every good thing. And I am, I, I, I've always practiced saying this because it sounds weird, <laughs> but I'm award-winning children's book illustrator, Gordon C. James. So. I love it. I love it. And I guess one of my first questions is just because I tend to follow both of you like pretty, um, pretty often and checking on what you guys are doing. It's just in regards to like the, the book stuff, um, how are you doing? Because I know for the last few months since your your book has come out, um, I get you've you've done it again for one. You've done it again because you did it the first time. How, how are you doing in regards to being busy? In regards to the phone calls, the messages, the videoing, et cetera, et cetera. How how are you? How are you guys doing? I I know that I am. I feel like I, I'm, and and this is Gordon for those people who aren't audio. I know that I know that I'm I'm super busy, and what I'm trying to do is um, say yes to most things so that I can experience it, and then I can make um, then I can make educated decisions if um, if I'm fortunate enough to be in this position again. So um, so it's just been a lot. It has been. Um, it has been a big demand on my time. And I always, uh, I, I, I always try to say to myself, the, the question is like, not can or can't, it's always how. I just need to think about how I can do this, on what scale I can do this thing, and you know, how I can make this request happen for the people that are asking about it. Derek, how about you? Man, it's been hard for me, man. I ain't gonna lie to you. It's, uh... I, you know, it's been equally as hard for all of us, you know, just, you know, just trying to adjust to this new virtual world. And I, I'm, I, um, man, I, I consider myself a introvert, but it's, it's even deeper than that. I, I really just, I'm one of those artists that just want to create the work and I, I don't really care too much about being visible or going places and speaking and, and I just don't, but that's part of the business. So you have to work your way around that. But if I could just write, if I could just write um, picture books and novels and television scripts and, and, and just chill in my uh, back cave, man, I'd be cool with that. But I think you just feel like you're in a, a fishbowl, you know, when you're doing this virtual thing, man. So that's, that's been, that's, that's taking something to get used to and working on multiple things. And you have a house full of family is all of us are here. Even my boy um, back home from college 
And it's not that they're loud or disturbing. You just have six different energies in the house, you know, at once. And I'm used to being here by myself. So that's something to get used to. And I'm, uh, I don't know about Gordon, but I'm behind on like three projects, man. And I was really stressed out about that. But, you know, they're going to get it when they're going to get it. And it's going to be good. You know what I mean? So it's, a, you know, you know, that whole stress about that. And just watching the kids be it's, you know, learn, you know, virtually. That's kind of a stressor too. So I'm right in the middle between, I'm feeling sorry for them. I want them to get back to their normal. And also I wish they get the hell out of the house so I can work. <laughs> you know, And I guess that's, that's a good segue into my first question is like for both of you, what does just like black fatherhood look like? Um, and I know you guys have kids that are relatively different ages. Um, what does that look like for both of you guys? You know, I feel like um, for me, this is a, this is really weird. I feel like I'm where my, my father's a police officer, right? And I remember mm -hmm. like um, in the middle to late eighties, like he was really rocking and rolling. He was like an IAD and he was, he was working on this huge, huge case. He was always gone, right? And he was also mm -hmm. finishing up college, right? And um, I feel like I'm where my dad is, was then, you know, um, where my mom was really holding it down and my dad was just gone and working. Mm -hmm. And so, so uh, I spent a lot of time in the studio trying to get my work done. I really, really lean heavily on my wife, but just like um, in the last couple months, I'm like, you know, I have to make that time. So we've taken some time out. We took a little trip to the mountains and, you know, and, um, and did some stuff. I'm like, I can feel like I can always find like one day a week we can get, but, but when I'm home, like, like when I'm home, I'm like, we gotta do something. You know, I'm trying to make it like, like, like really, really get it in. And just to wrap up this meandering answer, I just remember when my father was always gone and he was always working, I was just like, gosh, he is always gone. And he's always working, but I turned, you know, he left the police department. He got a second job, you know what I mean? And I turned 17, there was a brand new car in the driveway. I went off to college. I had a half tuition scholarship. He and my mom had handled everything else. And I was like, right, that is what <laughs> it is. Like, like, so, so like, I missed him a little bit. Like, like, like was that like that 12 through like 16, 17 ish. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But like, um, like that work that he put in made my, made my college life and my young adult life so much less stressful because I, because he was investing in my future. And I hope that my kids will understand that too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a sacrifice. You don't really get until you get older, you know, and start working and, and really just being selfless, you know? You don't, you don't really mm -hmm. get that until you have children. And then, you know, you you figure it out, Eric, you have that aha I didn't, I didn't get what my father was doing until, um, I, this is a very personal story. My father, right, um, uh, you know, like a lot of police officers, you know, he had a little bit of a drinking problem. And when I was younger, fell down the steps, hit his head, thought he was 18 could not work my life didn't miss a beat i went off to college everything was still paid for 
he was like um he was like uh rehabbing in a hospital you know and my father and me and my father have a tremendous relationship um and he is been clean and sober for years and years you know what i mean but what i'm trying to say is like um even through all of that right like um that work that he put in you know made it so that even when things went bad personally for him like like me my mother's situation my my sister's situation my situation it never changed so like i mean you know it's stressful not having him there but you understand what i'm saying like we didn't have to move out of the house i didn't have to change my college plans you know everything was the same that's crazy and so like i'm trying to live that life where if i hopefully if i put in that work and i break both my arms my kids will be fine you know like mm-hmm. that's what i'm mm-hmm. that's what i'm working towards because mm-hmm. i've seen it yeah. done generational really, wealth right yes man and you really have to um it's really hard to get your family to understand too. i think my family understands it um you know I, i'm not gonna do normal things i'm not gonna have normal sleep patterns you know i'm not gonna do what a normal person does because what we're trying to do is not something that is uh done by everyone else like we're trying to create artwork that has never been created before and that takes unconventional type living and unconventional type thinking and once your family understands that then you're able to you know crank it out but it's uh it's a real challenge man real challenge mm-hmm. you know in regards to time management and everything and Derek I always see you posting things with uh I think it's your I don't know if it's your oldest son, but he's uh, is it a football? Is he a football player? Yeah, that's my second eldest boy, solo. Second eldest. So, mm-hmm. like that, like how do you build relationships like that? Because clearly he trusts you to be out there listening um, and coaching. I have a dad who often would like play basketball, and he would like at times you on heads because you as a kid you feel like you know more, like. A, how things are sometimes, right? How do, how does your how did you build a relationship of like I guess trust um, to get to the point where you're listening and you're out not just enjoying the process but also getting better better during that process as well. I know, you know, it just starts. It just started very early, you know, with um, with all four of them. I remember having this conversation with my with my with my brother Anthony and my cousin, and we were talking about you know the activities that you put your children in and I, mm-hmm. I've never been one of those parents that just push them out there and they're doing five six seven things this has been being very keen and understanding what their interests are and what their and what their talents are and I just remember being out in the yard with him when he was four or five and he remembers those you know he remembers those moments mm-hmm. and I, I think that's where the trust builds that you just you know they see that you have a vested interest and I just, their activity, I have a vested, and as I've told him multiple times, I read, I don't care about football. I don't care about um, you becoming some NFL person. I want you to be a well-rounded man. I want you to be a difference maker, which is a term we use around the house all the time. And that goes for all four of them, you know? And, and I think when when you can when you can convince somebody just by your actions that you that they that you care about them, that they'll do anything for you. You know, so I love that. Yeah, we have 
Yeah, yeah, we have we have something we need to go and do today. But man, this, this house is is super busy. It's like running a small company, man. <laughs> so I love it, and I guess I and we are get analogy for running a household, Derek. <laughs> I really, really mm -hmm. think it is. I think I think it is a business, and I think that um, you know, it's a business with a heart. You know what I'm saying? But I think <laughs> that it is a business. And like, you know, I feel like you and your wife are co-CEOs and your kids are like, um, are like little employees, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's like a little thing. It's like, you got to keep everything running smoothly. People have to know what they're responsible for. And I love that. And, and you, you know, and then people have to be held accountable for, you know, for what they're supposed to be doing, because that's mm -hmm. how the world is. The world is going to hold them accountable for for things. So it's not really about whether your room is clean. It's about whether you commit to something and do it on a regular basis, <laughs> whether you feel like doing it or not. Right. And uh -huh. it just happens that, and you're talking to someone in a very messy studio, but I know that the more organized I become, the more efficient I become. So like, you know, it's just, you know, like, it's just, you, you guys, I'm, I'm, I'm mumbling, but you guys understand what I'm trying to say. Like, I just really think like just sure. sometimes you sit back and you, I really believe that if you kind of feel your way through parenting, things are mm -hmm. gonna hit you from all these different angles. And I think that it mm -hmm. takes like a good combination of like thinking and feeling because there's only so many hours in a day. And so mm -hmm. how are you gonna maximize that time with your kids? How are you gonna maximize, you know, the experiences that they have? You know, you gotta be intentional about it, mm -hmm. I feel. Yeah, I, I, I love know that. Yeah, man, you definitely had to be intentional, man. Um, I, I just, I, um, I learned what my two eldest boys, you know, we real big on work ethic, but that work ethic starts with them observing how I operate and how their mother operates and how we take mm -hmm. care of business. But, um, you know, my two eldest boys, when they turn 15, they start to get it. Cause I mean, I, I don't, I don't, you know, we don't have the luxury to talk to our children, um, you know, with, and, and treat them with kitten kitten gloves. Like I always, I tell them, man, when you mm. turn 14 and 15, you can't come this way again, man. You have to take care of everything you need to take care of now. You're gonna blink and be 19, 20. So you gotta take care of everything. You gotta put your all in every single thing you do. Um, my son Soul, like you said, man, he grinds. I don't have I don't have to tell him to do anything anymore. He'll tell. get up at five o'clock in the morning, go run. He's he's. Uh, He's become a vegan. It's, it's been a blessing to have my eldest boy back, Ezra, because Simon struggles a bit in math. Well, Ezra is a, a mechanical engineering student. So he's been a quasi-tutor over these past seven, eight wow. months, man. So, wow. man, you know, everybody has to help everyone in this house out. And you have to take care of what you need to be responsible for. Even if it's just your room, take care of your chores. I don't, I don't want to have to set up your trumpet lessons for you. You got the brother's number. You call him and do it take care of your business. You know what I mean? Like everybody has mm -hmm. to do, because we have to do what we have to do. I got to crank these books out. Just like what Gordon was saying, I'm paying for mm -hmm. tuition. I'm, I'm buying braces and cars and shit because I'm staying up <laughs> to two, three o'clock in the morning, you know? <laughs> so you're going to have to do this one day too. You mm -hmm. know? So I, I think, I think the light starts coming on when they uh, start having a little bit more responsibility, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I guess my other question is, and you talked about it a little bit, like how do you, with your busy schedules and the type of types of books you're producing with the timelines, deadlines, et cetera, with all of that, how do you then best support your partner? 
and we're getting we're not wasting any time here guys <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna suck. all right so i'll tell you how i support my partner um my wife and this, is, this this podcast in itself is very um, very selfish of me because this is not just for the people <laughs> it's all right brother <laughs> I feel like my wife is a very selfless person, right? Like that was one of the things that I felt like that I liked the most about her. I was just like, well, like if we get married, I certainly don't have to worry about her worrying about me because she is never worried about herself, right? But I feel like um, I feel like now, um, we just had this conversation last night. You know, we live in a we have we 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 are we are uh, we are two kids. We have two kids and a dog in a really small house with one bathroom, right? The plan has always been to add on to this house. It has just never happened. And <laughs> I said to her, I was like, look, you know, like, um, you know, we're getting the roof done. We're doing all this stuff around the house. And I was like, look here, man. All the stuff that we're doing is like on the house is like spinach. It's like all the stuff we got to do. You know what I mean? I was like, uh-huh. you need to figure out what you want to do. Like that's some like cake, you know what I mean? Like some stuff that just you want. <laughs> it doesn't have to make sense. I'm like, you are a hardworking person. All these years where nobody wanted my books and nobody wanted my painting, you were flying all over the country, making this household run, Work. right? Mm-hmm. And so I was just like, you know, you want a housekeeper, hire her. Hire that person, excuse me. You want a, uh, I was like, you should, she was like, well, I think what I really need is a personal organizer. And if you know my <laughs> wife, that's her way of saying, oh, I don't want to do the housekeeper thing because, you know, I, you know, that's going to take away from the this and the that. And I was like, well, get that person in here too, right? Mm-hmm. Like, because I'm like, you have the right to live in a space that you enjoy. It's not wasteful. You know what I mean? It is, it is, it is of your mental health. So I feel like um, the biggest way that I support my wife in, the, in, in, these, in, in these days is just to let her know, hey, it is okay to spend money on yourself to make the changes in your world that make you feel better. You know what I mean? Like, everything mm-hmm. can't be for me and everything cannot be for the children. And you also don't want your children mm-hmm. to grow up looking at you thinking that once you get married and have kids you just do everything that they want you know what i mean like they need to see you having your dreams and aspirations and goals and and doing the things that make you happy having your hobbies and your interests so with my wife i'm just i just want her to know that hey you want to go to a sorority meeting go you know what i mean you want to take a trip go you know what i mean i got that going you know Yeah, go enjoy yourself. You know, it ain't always about what me and the kids, what you feel me and the kids need. Cause I don't know about you, Derek. I feel like sometimes a lot of the things that my wife says, well, you know, Astrid needs, my daughter's name is Astrid. My son's name is Gabe. Astrid and Gabe need this. I know that you want that. Some of that stuff is not really stuff that we are asking for. It's stuff that she's decided that we've needed and that she's gonna do for us. And I'm like, nah, do for you. Because that's what we want that too. We wanna see you having a good time in this life, yeah, you know? Of course, mm-hmm. of course. Yeah, man, Jared, you know, we, you? We, 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 were, we were talking about the house runs like a small company. It's like Tinker, which is my wife, she's always been the CEO, really. I, I've just never had the resources, you know, I, you know, we, our careers didn't take off until later. You know, we're both in our late 40s. Yeah. 
And, you know, prior to that, it's been a lot of, a, a lot of creating, a lot of painting and sketching and writing and, and working odd jobs, you know what I mean? So I've always dreamt of the, the time when I can allow her to, I mean, because she's a physician and I've always dreamt of her just not working as much, you know what I mean? Just doing all the things like Gordon was saying, she's from Los Angeles. So if she wants to fly back home or she wants to, you know, whatever she needs to do to, to make sure she um, fills her tank up. You know, my wife and I are like polar opposites. I, I, I can go weeks without interacting with any human being. You know, all, all, all I need is jazz music, uh, my laptop and some <laughs> Diet Mountain Dew and I'm good, you know? But she is up this, you know, she's she's one of those people during this pandemic that is uh, suffering a little, a little bit because she's a people person and I'm not that way at all. But I still want to make sure that she is happy. And I know that that's not my job, but I am her person. I'm the person in her life and I want to do everything that I need to do to make sure that she's happy, comfortable and is living a good life. And I just I just want to be the money man, really. You know, she's, she's pulled back. She only works two days a week. Um, has some big things coming up. I'm, I'm, I've been trying to, you know, convince her to work for me. Uh, I've incorporated myself like two years ago. The name of my company is Sweet 116. That's where I used to live when I was on campus at Jackson State University. So the name of my company is Sweet 116. I want her to work for me, man, but um, she don't want to do that. You know, she's one of these new age, one of these new age women, that, you know, that just want to work. <laughs> no, but, I, you know, I'm, you know, but I agree with Gordon, man. You know, I, every, you know, I wouldn't be where I am right now without her. Wow. You know, we've been together ever since college. And um, like I said, we, we are polar opposites. So we both kind of fill in those gaps, you know, whatever I am not, she is and vice versa. Mm -hmm. So uh, I wear a lot, man. I never thought I'd be one of those cats that make money and just come home and, you know, give it to my old lady. I'm definitely that dude now, man, you know? I love that. man, like, um, when I met Ingrid, you know, like, I was just drawing and painting, and she was buying her second house in Kansas City. And <laughs> my dad, my dad, um, my dad told me a long time ago, he, he said to me, he's like, you know, when I got married, I figured I'm the man, I'm supposed to handle the money, right? He's yeah. like, then I realized I can really mess up some money. But now I just get paid and I give it to your mother, right? Yeah. Like, he's like, we do the thing. He's like, and my, my parents, like, you know, that some people have, oh, well, men and women have traditional roles, right? My yeah. father's attitude, he's like, I can make some money, but if you tell me, if you make, let me decide what to do with it, I'm not that guy, right? <laughs> and so he's just like, I'll just give it to your mother. And I, I've always admired, um, you know, every marriage has problems, right? You know, including my parents' marriage, right? But yeah. that being said, I've always admired the way they um, they divide the the tasks in their marriage based on who is best qualified to do that task. Yeah. Not that person's gender or, you know, what their pastor says, or, you know, they're just like, hey, you, you know what I mean? Like, you're good mm -hmm. with money, you do that. You're good with, my father's very, very good with like time and logistics and all that stuff. So he knows when we're supposed to leave on the vacation. He knows where we're supposed to stop it. Like he's got all that stuff. And all he has to do is push my mom out the door, <laughs> which is a little challenging. And you are in the <laughs> sweet spot with your marriage. And I don't know how long this takes. And every now and then I get a, a glimpse of it. 
Well, you're in a sweet spot when each when when the both of you recognize what your roles are and you let that person do it and don't interfere. Mm. I mean, that's when everything is running smooth. And every now and then we will get in that space, man. But sometimes, you know, both of us want to do everything. But then I recognize that she's better at that than I am. She recognizes that I'm better at certain things yeah. than she is. And then we, you know, everything runs. But yeah, it, it takes a there while to get to that when, point. Look, there are times that Ingrid will call and ask me what I think about something. And I would be like, you're the one with the master's degree from Northwestern. <laughs> I really don't think you should be calling your husband who draws pictures. Like, I'm just like, I get it that I'm your husband. But really, if I weren't your husband, would you be asking me? Probably not. Man. You know what I mean? I, I'll say <laughs> I say that to the boys, man. My my back hurt or my arms hurt. Man, your mom was a doctor, man. Get the hell out of my office, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if you need to write a pay, uh, essay or something, come on in, man. But if your arm or your leg, I, I can't do that for you, brother. Just like you get home, man. I love it. <laughs> I guess, and then my, my you guys have probably had this question a lot. Um, and a lot of this, this is I just see in your work in itself. Um, what is your, I guess not definition, but what is black joy to to you? Um, what does it look like? What does it sound like um, to you on like a, a personal level? Because I see it in your work. I see it through conversation. Um, I see it through the art. I see it through the writing. Um, but man, yeah, to what, me, what it, it, to yeah. me, it just can be summed up with one word: freedom. Man, you know, mm -hmm. the freedom to be able to dream and have ideas that are not impeded by anybody's um, negative ideas of you and just physically being able to roam and move about this planet um, freely. You know what I mean? It's just, uh, you know, I've come, just observing my sons and seeing the way that they move compared to the way I moved. And I grew up in a very bad environment and just felt, you know, now, you know, looking back at it, it was, it was, it was very confining, but they don't have those limits on them now, you know? Mm -hmm. And I feel like when you don't have those, well, I can't say that because even though I felt like I was confined, I was still able to dream and think about what my future could look like, but they don't have any limitations on where they can go on this planet. And that's, I, I think that's the genesis of uh, black joy, man, freedom just being able to come and go as you please and know that you belong anywhere and you can become anything and, 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 and you can create anything that you, you know, that your mind can come up with. Mm -hmm. Gordon, how about I, you? I was going to say the exact same word, to be honest with you. It's going to be the exact same word. Cause I just, um, I know that I've always tried to live my life um, feeling like I belong everywhere, you know? So like, you know, if there's a fish fry in the hood and you invite me, I want to be there. You know what I mean? And if there's a museum opening downtown, I want to be there. Right? I don't like, like. What are you um, just at the fish fry? You were just at the fish like, fry. I know, right? Like, <laughs> Damn, like, man. So, like, that's, that's, that's my thing. Like, I just, I just, um, I just want to experience all aspects of this life. And, um, and I want, um, and I want to, the, the other thing that I want to do is like, uh, like one thing that I've noticed about being, that I love about being black is like, it's a passport. Like I grew up in, I grew up in a, a really mixed 
area in Fort Washington, Maryland, right? I have a, I have an awful lot of white friends, right? And, um, you know, sometimes they, you know, you hear things like, oh, I don't know if I should go over there. And I'm like, word, what's, what's happening over there, right? Like, cause it's like, <laughs> as long as I don't open my mouth, no one knows I'm not from there, you know what I mean? Like, 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 like and so like, like there's certain things like, um, like sometimes when I see, when I see my friends that aren't black and they are fearful of certain places or doing certain things that they really have no reason to be, I go, oh, well, I'm, I, I have, I feel, I'm like, I'm glad I don't feel like I have those hangups, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But that being said, you know, in this world, um, I believe I should be free to go everywhere, but I can tell you guys that I've been riding with, I, I'm in a motorcycle club and I've been, some there are some places in, in around here, like even in North Carolina that we have stopped for gas and we'll be chatting for five or 10 minutes and the good old boys will roll up in pickup trucks and they'll just sit there and watch us, you know, wow. because it's like six, eight black, six, eight brothers on motorcycles and you know they want to know why we are there. When we have every right to be there, we get to get gas. We can stop and chat, you know. But <laughs> this is the world we live in, you know. And so, like, so, like, um, I feel like uh, this generation is probably more free than my generation, right? Than our generation. There are still those things. There are still those areas, you know. And you know, some of them. I'm in Concord, North Carolina, and. I've had one of my craziest, like one of my experiences like that, probably like 20 miles north of here. So yeah, so 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 like I just hope that soon enough, like our children will truly be able to go everywhere. I don't want my my kid to feel like, oh, I'm filling up my gas tank in the wrong part of North Carolina or I'm you, you know what I mean? Like there should be no reason where you should worry about where you're stopping with your family or it's, it's just, you know, it's just, it's just not right. Yeah, and to feel, to know in your heart and your soul that you're safe and free changes everything, right? It changes your mindset, changes mm -hmm. the way you walk through the world, it changes the book that you pick up, it changes everything, right? It allows you to just explore without, without fear, which is what we want for kids, right? Um, so I love the word freedom, and I think it's perfect when we think about Black Self. Um, where guys' inspiration come from as a writer, as an illustrator, just as artists, as people who are super creative, um, where does the inspiration come from? You know, with me, I, I just feel like, um, you know, I've, I've been writing a long time. I've been writing since I was 10, man. And, you know, I first started, you know, writing song lyrics and hip hop lyrics and, um, you know, I was made aware of all the poets in um, uh, Harlem, Harlem Renaissance, and I was just—I've always had a way with words, and you know, being able to manipulate the English language. And I think the infusion of music, just being a big music fan, has allowed me to allow my language to be more colorful and more tangible. And um, you know, I, I think. Around the time Crown happened, I, I think it took that long. I, I really started wanting to take up the responsibility to take the torch from all the artists that came, you know, before us, you know, all the Black artists and, and not just children's book, you know, creators, um, but all of the Black artists, jazz musicians, writers, um, thespians, you are 
in that lineage now. Gordon is now in that lineage behind, you know, William H. Johnson and, 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 and all the people that came before him. And you accept this responsibility. And so, you know, life is extremely short, you know, at the end of the day. And, and when all this is over with, you want to be able to leave the type of work behind that really shifted the way people think about themselves. You want to create the kind of work that changes the way people feel about themselves. And you have to be conscious of that. Every, every single time I sit down at the laptop, I'm thinking about when I'm done with this work, it needs to move people. It needs to, um, it needs to let people know that you are here, that you are proud of being a black person and you have contributed to, you know, the progression of our people. And, and, and so we're not just writing poems, we're not just drawing pictures on pieces of paper or, or canvases, but we are we are creating life. And and uh, hopefully, you know, when all this is done, we have a more complete body of work, you know, you'll look back and say, man, he, he really tried to say something. And I, I think about that, I'm, I'm extremely conscious of that. And I owe, oh, you know, I talk about going back home to Kansas City and talking to that, huge Charlie Parker bus back in Kansas City. And I sit there like a, like a crazy person and talk to this inanimate object, but I know that he hears me. And because I think about, I think about the impact that Charlie Parker had, not just in jazz music, but you know, on the world. And that's what, and that's what we're doing, especially right now during this pandemic. Man, artwork is extremely important. It's probably the only reason why a lot of us have not gone insane watching films, listening to music, reading books. And, and that's what we are charged with. And so we have a responsibility, a huge responsibility. I, I know that um, I'm inspired by, uh, I think about like, I'm, 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 I'm my, I've come from an immigrant family, right? So my, uh, my, all my grandparents are West Indian immigrants. And so, um, so I think about, uh, you know, how my father grew up. My father grew up in the projects in Harlem and my mother grew up in the South Bronx. I think about where they came from. You know, my father tells these stories about how his mother, when she, when, when the, um, when the, uh, when the soldier shoes were wear out, she put cardboard in them so that she could walk to work. Wow. And, um, and, and then this is the interesting thing. My father went to the high school of music and art. He went in as a, as an art, as a visual arts major, came out as a vocal major. My uncle Ike could paint my, um, my uncle Ike could paint my cousin Percy painted, you know, these were all older guys, right? Uh, my cousin Percy's probably pushing 90 now and we have his artwork in my house, but they all have regular jobs. Like my cousin Ike worked for the phone company, my uncle Billy, who was really like just he was just the hustler, you know what I mean? And he's no longer with us. But like when I was in art school, he brought over a comic book that he did when he was in high school. My cousin David, who's probably 10 years older than me, he worked for DC Comics like in the 80s, right? And then after a little while, David has some health complications and he can't sit at the easel like he used to for like 18 hours a day. Like he can't deal with that into it. Like he can't do that right now. So I think about like all those people in my family who had talent and for, well, for one reason or another, we we're, we're like practical financial concerns, had a difficult time pursuing it or be, you know, my cousin with it, with health concerns, couldn't do it. Um, like, I really just want to do it for all of, you know, for all of them and do it um, at a really, really high level. 
Then the other thing that I want to do is um, a lot of times there is a narrative that we as Black creatives don't study our craft. Like everything, it's all talent-based or emotion-based. You see that with athletes, you know, where um, Black athletes, where it's a, the stereotype is that white athletes, they're those lunch pail guys. They show up every day and they work hard and they study the playbook. Yeah, they're cerebral, you know, but black athletes, it's all like talent and God given ability. Derek, what was that? Um, God, what was that? Um, what's it? I'm uh, talking about that. Was it? Well, I can't remember the sportscaster who said, didn't he say, like, look at that monkey run or something? I can't remember that. And, um, God, it was one of those <laughs> well, old guys. Uh, so was that the thing that took Cosell out back in the nah, day? That was, uh, <laughs> his name was, uh, his name was Jimmy the Greek. Yeah, Jimmy the Greek. Uh -huh. yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah that's i think i think i think you and i were talking about that as well how um they don't they don't want to attribute any kind of you know intellect to the work that we do it's all you know god given the building so i feel like this traditional painting thing that i do right um a lot of i will tell you guys that when i'm not doing books i've, I've had occasions where i'll be having a show at a gallery I will walk into the gallery to see my show and people are like, oh, can I help you? And I'll be like, oh, my stuff is on the wall, right? Like, it is not always that, can I help you? That, um, you, you understand what I'm trying to say, that can I help you? Like, they really want to help you. It's sometimes it's that, can I help you? Like, do you know where you are? Are you in the right place, <laughs> you know? And so, so like, and I think about, um, there's a, a artist named Henry Oswald Tanner, you guys can Google him, but one of the stories of him when he was at an art school in Philadelphia, his, the, his white classmates like um, tied him to an easel and put like, and ha had him like, like just kind of like on display outside of the school, like making fun of him. And you think about people like, so this is a guy that had to he did um, the banjo player. Have you guys have always, a lot of you guys have probably seen that famous painting of the black man, um, the black man with the little kid on his knee and he's teaching him how to play banjo. Mm -hmm. That's terrible. Mm -hmm. And so like, you know, this is a guy who had to like literally fight for his education. And so, you know, I really think about that as I do this academic painting thing because a lot of people just think that we don't do this. And I don't, you know, and I, I just really want to um, want to represent for those people that weren't able to do it. Uh, I think true. I think that's so true. Going through sports my whole life, I, it is definitely you often hear those words. And I like, I love drawing. I love writing. You always hear like you're so talented, so gifted, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I 100% agree with you. Like just as much as everyone else, we are studying people, we are doing their reading, we're watching the videos, we're checking in on what other people that look like us that have already done it very often. Um, so I think that's so important. Uh, gentlemen, I, want, I don't wanna keep you too long because I know you got deadlines. Where can people find you guys online right now? Uh, you can find me, uh, my website is DerekDBarnes.com. Uh, you can find me on IG at uh, Arthur, lowercase Arthur, Derek D. Barnes. And that's about it. Because I'm not really communicating with a lot of people right now. I told my booking agent to kind of, you know, put the brakes on these virtual events. So uh, 
you know, the books, I, I, I don't ever want to get, I don't ever want to get away from that, man. You know, I've seen, I've seen a lot of people over the past few years blow up and then they get caught up in the whole rapture of, of traveling and speaking and, and, and the work suffers. So I don't want the work to suffer, man. So mm-hmm. you can, you can, you can send me an email. You can say, Hey, but you know, that's about it. <laughs> well, I am, um, I am. What, what am I? Let me get it together. All right, there we go. I, my what are you working on, man? What are you working on? I'm sorry, G. Uh, oh, what am I working on? Oh, yeah. I am uh, currently working on a book with Paula Young Shelton, who is Andrew Young's daughter, called Just oh, Like yeah. Just. And it is about um, Andrew Young and how he was inspired by Jesse Owens. And it is really kicking my butt because it is all in chalk pastels. And I've never really worked in chalk pastels before now. So I'm kind of learning a medium and doing a book in it. So like, it's it's challenging. I, I honestly thought it would be easier, but you know, we have standards, right? That we like to try to keep and right. you know, you can't, you can't put a, you can't put a, I can't put a, you know what my dedication is to say, hey, really didn't know what I'm doing. Um, you know what I mean? Like cut me, you can't, your dedication can't say, cut me some slack. I don't know this medium, right? Like that's not how it works. So, I tried. <laughs> so it has to be, you know, it has to be as good as the other books, you know, mm-hmm. and it's getting there, but it's taking longer than I, than I like. It's taking longer than anybody involved in the process of like, let's mm-hmm. put it that way. But that is, um, that is what I'm currently working on now. And um, I did a book cover. Um, I have no idea if I can talk about this book cover, but I did a book cover and yeah. it has a celebrity client. So that's uh, pretty awesome. So that's like, like, that's dope. That's I'm dope. sorry I jumped in. I was, I was just curious. Now, yeah, you got to tell, you got to tell the people how to get in contact with you. Man. All right. So um, <laughs> I am contact at gordoncjames.com. At contact, um, excuse me, gordoncjames.com is my website. All right, and um, and my IG is Gordon C James Fine Art, and my Twitter is Gordon C James Art, and uh, with all that out there, Derek, what are you working on? Oh man, um, I finished the graphic novel with Tommy Smith, um, so I'm just waiting on the artwork for that. I'm super excited about that. I'm working on a novel that was due a few months after we won the uh, Edgar Jack Keats Award. So i tell you how behind I am with this novel. But this novel is so important to my body of work, man. And uh, uh, I'm right in the middle of it. And I'm also um, starting the graphic novel that you and I are working on, which is entitled Do It For The People. So we have one more uh, piece of work coming out. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's just those two. I'm, 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 I'm really putting my all into this novel. Uh, it's entitled um, "The Incredibly Human Henson Blaze," and um, man, I'm 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 so excited. I'm putting I'm putting so much into this book, man. It's, I'm not getting much sleep, but it's gonna be worth it. It will. Yeah, it will. Y'all, t- y'all strike gold every time. I know it's and I I'm I hate putting that kind of pressure on you guys, but like you guys work so well together. I think. Well, the, the thing is, striking gold, you know, individually, like when any. When uh, any heartbreak came out, you know that was a, that was a huge hit. But do you want to? I, I want to make sure I'm uh, and Gordon as well that we have as much success as Bobby did, 
and not what Ralph <laughs> Tresvet went through. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. That's the goal. I- uh, I don't know if I want to burn bright like Bobby. <laughs> like, like, I might want to, like, uh, like, like, maybe Johnny, right? Johnny had, you know, Johnny had some success, rugby the right way and all that. Yeah. Hey, hey, so, hey, hey, for real? I'm thinking if I had to be any one of them, I think it would be Johnny. You'd be like, Johnny, Johnny right? consistently makes music. Yeah. You know? Calls up other people. Hey, you want to make music, right? Like, right. Like, those dudes are busy right now. You want to make music? Hey, I got a little solo thing. Rob, why don't you pop up in this video with me? You know what I mean? Like, just like consistently quality music, and, and um and um, just like he seems to know who he is. You know what I mean? Like, um, you see, you see, like even his recent music videos, like the models in his videos aren't twenty. You know what I mean? Like. He, <laughs> Like, like everything just seems to be like in this space. I have no idea. I've never met Johnny Gill, but I just feel like, um, like, you know, when you see those creatives where as they change, they seem to be confident in who they are and they're not trying to be who they were. You know what I mean? Like that was good for back then, but now look at, look at what I'm doing now. You know, Prince is always great about that. To be honest with you. And he wasn't scared to make things that weren't great. You know, like he just like, I feel it's great. Sorry, y'all don't like it. Maybe you'll like the next thing. You know what I mean? Like, like. It's yeah. so true. And, and, and again, once once you've created that strong body of work, you can experiment with different things. You know, like, yeah, Gordon is gonna have ex- an extremely successful career beyond Crown, beyond I'm Every Good Thing. God willing, I create the kind of novels that you know make. Uh, Make my family proud, at least, you know. And uh, man, we have we have so much work left to do, and I'm I'm gonna always be cheering you on, man. Hopefully, hopefully you win five, six, seven. Call the cots, you know what I mean. So, uh, yeah, we this is just so much so much more work to do, man. You know. Love it. Love hearing that you guys are cheering each other on, because I can't even. I think I can't, I don't know what it's like, but I I find that sometimes listening and watching people online, especially um, it can become competitive in a sense where you're competing against each other. Um, but it sounds like, can I kind of- Is that too just, though? It's, 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 of course, so you it's want, a lot of, of that too. Yes. It's a lot right? of that. Everybody I agree. That. But you I can't agree. like, it doesn't do, what am I trying to say? Like, um, I, it doesn't do you any good to try to like hold back or sabotage your your competition right like if like if i'm that guy that i think i am you should be able to be your completely awesome self and i should be able to be who i am and then we'll let the chips fall where they will but mm-hmm. like um you know like 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 everybody needs to run their best race it doesn't do me any good if derek isn't successful like how would that work you know what i mean like it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. It, like at this point, we are so linked that if Derek does well, I do well. It is what it is, you know. Like, mm-hmm. like I, I remember, I had that. I had a. a I, I think it was our first um, Philadelphia Children's Book Festival, and um, and and uh, and another illustrator just looked over at me, you know, just out of the blue, and he just he said you two are going to be connected for the rest of your lives. <laughs> and that was after Crown. 
It wasn't even yeah. after I have every good thing. He was just like, he was just like, that is just, he's like, he's just like, you know, um, you know, cause I think, um, I think Derek was flying in and everybody was asking me, where's Derek, where's Derek? And I was just like, well, I, I know he's flying in. I know he's traveling. He's on his way, da, 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 da. da. And um, the guy was sitting next to was just like, yep, you guys are gonna be corrected for the rest of your lives, right? Like, he's like, it's gonna happen to you forever. <laughs> the next time, like, what is the difference? What can you tweak? You know, what can you figure out? Yep. Wow, this is, I'm just soaking up right now. This is a, it's one of, this is a podcast where like it ends, but all these nuggets at the end that I thought, oh, this is all very selfish for me. So I, I appreciate this. I really, really.